Blog Talk Radio. On live, y'all know the vibes, man. It's your boy Three and Watch, man. Watch what's cracking, my guy. Peace, bubba. Peace. Yes, sir. Let's get into this, man. It's an individual that um, I've interviewed before when he came into back or came into battle rap on RBE. Um, Mr. Um, King Los, um, a gentleman that people would say is. Very lyrical, very nice with the bars, but his body of work within the last couple of years, because I think the last time this gentleman dropped the project was in 2014. Um, why haven't you and I talked big on Los, and we've been doing a show for damn near four or five years now? He hasn't put out a lot of music. That's all. For no reason. He just has not put out a lot of music in the last four years. But do you respect his pen? Yes, I do. Like the, like the guys like the CIA's pen. You think his pen is immaculate? I absolutely respect his pen. I respected his pen when he battled head ice and just was so far superior in terms of lyricism that he displayed that it was just obvious that he's someone who's always been dead nice. His pound cake freestyle watch, his freestyle on Sway in the Morning, um, well, he had a couple other projects that, that came, the Bomb Project that he came, like he had a couple projects that, that came and went. His L.A. Leakers freestyle back in 2019, we had Bazooka on there and everything like that. But let's get into this, man. The four-piece Nuggets project, um, how do you feel about him just giving us a four-piece? Were you cool with that, first of all? I was. I, I didn't expect it. I wasn't expecting it. It just, it just happened, and... I listened to it. There was no, I had zero expectation. Well, when you say zero expectation, meaning that you didn't care or you didn't know what to expect or what? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know was, I did not know was dropping. I did not know what to expect. Okay, well, he was on Clubhouse earlier this week playing all four songs back to back to back again uh, for a minute there, man. Um, let's get into this, man. King Lowe's four-piece nugget freestyle watch. What was your take on the lemon pepper freestyle? He had a lot of a lot. He because it's the longest. It's the longest out of the out of the four pack. He calls it four piece. I'm calling it a four pack because that's the way I like to talk about little small uh, offerings that rappers give. Pause. Pause. And um. Pause. Okay. No doubt. Um. Pause. He had a lot of. Okay, and I said no doubt. Now, you are much, much bigger on the Lemon Pepper track and instrumental than I am. You love the soulful, you love the woman in the background. Uh, I'm going to tell me she, she was distracting me like she distracted me on the Drake project. She was distracting me on this one. Like, she literally distracts me because I'm, I don't think it's, uh, you know, but that's another story. But let's get to his... um. His lyricism. You know, you know, I am someone who loves his sports references, right? Love yes, sir. When he said, "You are not even a Scottie Pippen, you're more like Dennis Scott with his with shot." shot. Mm -hmm. That meant a lot to me because mm -hmm. Dennis Scott, when his shot was missing, was basically 
flabby and sick and out of shape. You remember yep. when he got to that point? But when he was lethal weapon three with Kenny Anderson at Georgia Tech, him, Kenny Anderson, and Brian Oliver. Oh, yeah, I'm losing you guys with the basketball talk. My bad. I went too far back to y'all. Okay? But that was fire. You know what I'm saying? Um, He had a lot of nuggets. Now, was he taking shots when he said, I would never own my own title just to sell it? Was that – was that a shot at home? Like, or was he just showing how nice he is? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think there was no shots at home. A lot of this, I thought a lot of the bars were aimed at Sue Surf without him saying sometimes of his name because those gentlemen had a back and forth on Clubhouse where Surf was kind of saying, yeah, my guy, you're nice, but I'm well, I'm more well-known than you. So I'm paraphrasing right now and everything like that. And I felt... I don't know. I would love to interview King Lowe's and ask him about this. Not saying Surf was the one that forced him to run to the lab and drop this four-piece nugget, but there's so many rhyme quotables on here, man. It's double entendres that, I mean, from the rip, I gave niggas flowers. They gave me dirt, so I just grew more flowers and made it work. See, what I peaked is that, well, we ain't going to speak on that because the shit could get deep is where niggas bury the secrets at. Like, he is dog. This, we say you get... You got the mind of a slave. I don't condone this shit. I do own whips and chains, but watch your tone a bit because trying to hang with, with the mastermind and the nuisance, like the mastermind nuisance, whips and chains, like when he goes in that bag, son, because you ride in a wave, and I'd rather own the ship. Own the ship? Own the ship? Like the, the, that's the surf right there. You ride in a wave, and I'd rather own the ship. Own the ship? Like he's a oh, nice man. But I do feel you when he said, um, I mean, my name is a title. Yours is a nickname. That's the surf right there. And I would never own my title just to sell it. I go at a nigga Apple for my Spotify if I can help it. Like, dog, he's, I don't know, man. He was, doing, he, was doing, he was doing a lot of slow it downs on a lot a of lot. his lines. I you mean, a lot. Everything had double. Hold on. You over niggas heads with that be. Okay, so put it this way. He had a lot of double meanings. A lot of double meanings. So if you listen to it too fast, you may not. He had triple meanings. So um, if he wanted to highlight, like you said, he was. you felt it was subliminally going at Surf because him mm-hmm. and Surf had. And I'm going to tell you why it was subliminally going at Surf. He did not like the fact that everybody was giving Surf the win yep. in the argument. Yep. Everybody was giving Surf the win in the argument. And that bothered him because in his heart of hearts, he really believes he's a better MC lyricist than Surf. And he wanted to show it. So that's why this whole verse. And shame on people who, who are like, yeah, Surf beat you and that thing. How can y'all hear this and not know he's going at surf? That's 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 yeah. the thing that's shocking. That they hear this and they're like, oh, who is he going at? Who's the imaginary person he's talking about? Dogs is talking about surf. Clearly. Watch, the nigga said this nigga Los is the lyrical psychosis, the spiritual process, the theory osmosis. If it's my flow that's leaving you pussy sick, then it should be diagnosed as venereal prognosis. Like, who the fuck? Like, what kind of... Yeah, yeah, Mickey Sacks, we get the bars. Me and Watson get the bars. Mickey Facts. I don't know that. We get the bars. You get the bars, right, Watson? You get it, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, I just want to make sure everything is there. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is just dope rapping to me. Yo, Watson, when he said, um, there I am thinking, niggas should thank me. Now I'm kirking on them. Frankly, I'm just out here arguing with my son, the Kirk Franklin situation. That shit was, dog, he got some wild. But, but let me tell you what's dope about that. But let me tell you what's dope about that. We know he just wrote it. 
Yes. This is this is this is this is right. something you know when people say you're sitting on bars or you yes. wrote that the the the, the uh, dope MC is someone who can just write on the spot and be like you know what I feel like doing something and I'm not gonna do these rhymes that I wrote a couple of months ago. I'm gonna write them about the situation or what's going on right now, and you can tell he did that, and that's the, that's the sign of someone who's dead nice. Lyrical miracle rap that a lot of you guys do not like. This is lyrical miracle rap Thanks. that y'all like to Thanks. make fun of. This Thanks. is lyrical miracle rap. Facts. This nigga think he wigging. We can address it. But makeup, you wore my heels. I'm bringing your mama pair. Niggas can't outfox me. I'm really the man. They be planted to rolls like they really your fan. Like what he goes, I like what he says. I'm big dog. You not barking. Stop talking. Nobody compares Aston Martin and Doc Martin. Oh, stop tripping. You're not ripping. You're bullshitting. You're not even a Scott Pippen. You're like, ah, oh, that nigga was wild. That nigga wordplay is, yo, I ain't going to front lotion wordplay, my guy. It's fire, man. So how you feeling? Trigger or tricky? Doughboy to Ricky? Jody or Sweet Pea? Goofy or Mickey? Jarrell or 50? I move or I move? Y'all rules on 50 like dogs, man. I thought he went off on it once. I, was, I, I like that joint, though. I like that joint. Um... All right, watch. Well, he went to another drink that a very popular song that you, obviously you and I are familiar with. Bust the rhymes, put your hands up where I can see them. We thought about that joint right there, that freestyle and everything that he dropped on it. Uh, another. First of all, I'm trying to figure out what made him choose these beats. Mm. So you go lemon yeah. pepper, go lemon pepper, and then you go 100% 90s. New York, New York City. 90s. There's no East Coast here. Sorry, so wait, wait, three. There's no East Coast. Hey, Los, what made you choose these New York City beats from these New York City artists? So Baltimore. Who else? Who are you gonna pick from Baltimore? No, no, no. My point is, this isn't East Coast. You know how everybody keeps talking East Coast. Yeah. Uh, what? No, 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 no. It's New York City. Um. So it was interesting because you don't hear a lot of people rap over the um. This is the thing, you know, my city like a Rubik's Cube, either you moving them squares or flopping over them colors, getting your blocks fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. And I got the same thing about notes. Listen, I heard it. And and then I'm like, okay, I hear him rapping. Yeah, sorry, Mickey. King Lose don't go over our heads. We've been listening to hip hop too long. You know what I'm saying? So what, what we're doing right now is giving him his flowers and appreciating Facts. dope lyricism. Facts. Facts. Facts that was. You niggas airbrush them lines and get bold. How is that a, such a reminder can get trolled? Whenever I hear you bust around my flip mode, like, he had an ill pyramid scheme. That was crazy, man. Um, I like when he said, be honest. There ain't nothing beyond this. When I was a buck 34, I felt like I could be honest. When I was a buck thirty four, I felt like I could be honest. That's dope, man. That was dope, man. Well, that, that was awesome. that was that was a sports metaphor. Mm-hmm. Sir, you love your sports metaphors. Yes. Old Red, my favorite sports yes. metaphor guy. Um, I just I just want to know. You know, this is what I want to know, Sir. What do you think about this? When you heard it, but, I, would, but, I would like somebody just ask him that. But to credit to Surf though, Surf did say on there when him and I, I put on the cha- I put it on the channel when they had the initial back and forth. Surf never discredited um, King Los and never said he was whack. He gave it up though. I think Surf was just harping on the music aspect of it. Like fam, like you said in the beginning of the of the 
of the show, Watts, where's the music? And that's what me and Watson have been very big on. And people say, oh, I see somebody say, oh, y'all tried to play King Los before. We never played King Los. He just never dropped no music. Why we never talk about King Los? But Watson told you at the beginning of the show, we don't, there's no music to talk about, bro. I mean, the dude, the, dude, about the dude is just hitting you with double chip on tangers all throughout, all, yeah, throughout the, all throughout the flow. Yeah, man. Um, third joint, Watts talking to me. Survival of the fittest, M-O-B-B. M-O-B-B-B-E-E-P, Queens. <laughs> um, survival of the fittest, uh, once again, all-time, all-time. Uh, this ain't David and Goliath, you crazy for playing with Giants. Like, he, he got so many... He got, he got so many lyrics. How are you going to demonize me because I'm vegan when every time you eat, it's an animal sacrifice? Sacrifice. So, that's my people's fear. Yeah. So, yeah. So, my favorite. And then the fourth piece, now you're rapping over a better beat than the, than the first two beats. It's better than the lemon pepper beat. So now you're rapping, and I'm really into it because I love, I love the beat. And then you dead nice with it, so now we getting somewhere. And I love how you put the Pop, Biggie, Eminem, Cannabis, whole Destiny Child name drop on it. I thought that was hard, man. That was tough. That was tough. Um, he went into another Mark Deep beat. Watch that. A lot of people do not pick this beat. When they go to rap or mob deep, usually it's shook ones or some of the fittest or something like that. He wanted to give up the goods though, my guy. Talk to me, man. Another one, another beat that I was absolutely enthralled with. They loved, uh, as you know, we have viewed this album. The you break it up a little bit. King Los's. King Los's flow is how can I? It's dope. It's dope. It's dope. But it's it feel like, like, like he wanted to reintroduce himself to like a new generation who may not know what a what a what a rapidly rapidly lyrical miracle, yeah. but I can do it over like classic beats. I think he backstrokes and, and so good on beats. He plays. He tinkers with his flow. He can go in and out of pockets with the flow so ill, watch, where the cadence is so dope. Like, it's like he hears a beat, and he transforms into a different person. The flow takes him somewhere else. Because he, he, he has mad flows, King Los. So what I, what I like is he said, okay, I need to bring in everybody. So how you bring in everybody? Lemon Pepper. Everybody heard the Drake Lemon Pepper freestyle because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever new generation they hear Drake, they hear Ross, so you can't get more popular than that. So you bring him in. Oh, who does do rapping over this? He sound dope. Now that he brought you in, then he gives you with a three pack of fire beats where he just highlights how dope an MC he is, man. He has nothing but quotables, nothing but double and triple entendres. And as, this, as we as we say this right now, nobody can phone on King Los. Nobody can say, yo, yep. well, PSA Hip Hop ain't talking about King Los. Well, we're talking about him now. We're giving him his flowers, and here's what we're saying. King Los is dead nice. King Los yep. has always been dead nice. King yep. Los just hasn't been putting out a lot of musical material for us to review. That's it. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was a listen, man. It was a dope four-piece. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been in rotation since the day he dropped it, man. And all I can say was, I would like to hear more from King Los before the year is out. Am I wrong for that? 
Well, no, I'm not. Not at all. Now, can he be in his conversations with the Ransoms, the Rome Streets, and R.J. Payne? He could be. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Absolutely. He's back. He's, he's cut from that cloth. Mm-hmm. He's cut. He's cut from the the, the cloth of writers. He's cut from the cloth of writers. He's cut from the cloth of now, people who like putting that thing to the pad at right times. Does not now people gonna look at him now on the sense of okay, we hear you rapping up dope beats. Now we want to hear you make songs and make original joints now. Is that gonna be the conversation? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I do not have a pulse on what today's generation wants to hear. I know well, what I want to hear. Well, we got a good ear for the people that rock with us. We know what you know. What I'm saying our listeners know what we you know. What I'm saying we have well, a pulse on the people that rock with us. So. When we hear him rapping like this, the first thing I want to know is, okay, I got some collabos. I got some MCs I'd like to hear you rap with. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. I want you to rap with the dudes that you just named. Yep. Now that you, I want you rapping like this, okay, I want to hear some collabos with the well, Lo said, but, but, but watch, Lo said that a lot of niggas don't like rapping with him. I don't mean okay. And then let me just say this. Let me just say this. The MCs that I like, that I want you to rap with, they would rap with you easily, and they're not afraid to rap with you. Ransom pain. And are they pain? Are not afraid to rap with you? They will rap with you in a second, and they're not going to be rethinking. Should I rap with you? You said three names. You said Grass. You said Ransom. You said Grass. Ransom. RJ Payne. They will rap with King Los and not think twice about. Should I get on a track with him? Maybe my bars ain't up to par. No, they won't. They easily do it. They, they're coming outside. They're coming outside. They are coming outside to rap. That's just a fact. So, listen, man, shout out to Los. All these songs did make my playlist. I'm going to keep it tall. All four of these joints did make my playlist. So, listen, man, shout out to King Los, man. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Like I said, I would like for him to drop another project before the year is out. You get what I'm saying? So, that's what it is. I don't want to be like Stove God and drop one project in my year. So, God, it's March, brother. I mean, come on. Can we get a verse, some music, something? Whatever. All right, Watts, we're going to appreciation time, man. We are going to 1992, my guy. 1992 hip-hop album appreciations, man. Off the door, Watts, I'm going here, man. I'm going February 4th. I'm going to go. I think this brother's from Seattle, Washington, but I'm going to give, give him his respect due because you and I both know this guy's one of his popular songs in 1992 is Baby Got Back, Sir Mix-A-Lot. Watch, talk to you, man. Sir Mix-A-Lot off the door. I didn't buy this project, but I he was on the only thing he raps, Hard Body. Let's be clear on that. Sir Mix-A-Lot was the most, now we're taking you, you, you dudes who are in your 30s who don't know, so we, I'm going gonna, I'm, gonna to tell you all what's, what's going on. 30 years ago in hip-hop, because we in 1992, so that's 29 right. years ago. So you guys were like 30, 31. Y'all don't know what was going on, so here's how we tell you. <laughs> mix a lot was every single day, heavy rotation, right. Baby Got Back on MTV. Right. He was right. a superstar. He had the biggest, one of the biggest singles. MTV loved him. You had to respect him. Now, yep. was it my kind of hip-hop? It wasn't, but I never hated on him. I never disliked him. I enjoyed his video, and we are saluting him and giving him props because he impacted hip-hop and the hip-hop culture with his album. That's a fact, man. We have to give it up for that brother, man. That's a fact. All right, watch. I'm going here, man. I'm going to the Boogie Down Bronx, the home of KRS-One, Big Pun, Fat Joe. 
But this brother right here, you know what you battle rappers love talking about? The punchlines, the rum ladies, the ads of the world, B-Magic, Lloyd Banks is calling himself the PLK, shout out to R.I.P. Big L. But ask Big L, and me and Watson did an appreciation on Big L, right? And the person when we spoke about Big L, the one that person that fathered him was former DITC member, Law Finesse, return of the Funky Man. Some people got this as a five mic album. Let's be clear on that. Talk to me, watch Return of the Funky Man, my guy. Law Finesse had a period in hip hop, in New York City hip hop, where the hip hop world revolved around him. This was one of the first albums that dropped in the beginning of 92. Like, this was one of the first ones. So everybody bought it. Let me tell you, that Return of the Funky Man video, it it meant everything. It really meant everything. Now, I I, I got his first album with with DJ Mike Smooth, and I love that. But at this point, was considered one of the illest dudes. Like, he was considered one of the, the nicest niggas. And by the way, he was one of the nicest dudes. Um, first right. of all, you got introduction on here. You got Diamond D production, Showbiz production. Um, my highlights are this, Return of the Funky Man, of course. First of all, I like the whole album, right? But I was a big fan of RJ the Giant AG. So I AG. love the song, Showbiz Yes, AG. You May. Let me say this right now. This is a five mic. There is a super five mic collaboration banger on here that y'all have never heard me talk about. You're going to hear me talk about it now. It's a song called Fat for the 90s with Lord Finesse and Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant spent the five mic verse. I thought they were spitting raw, gutter, street, Bronx, hip-hop. Love it. So salute to this album by Lord Finesse, man. I really, really Rocked out to this album for months because this was like one of the only albums that was out during this time. Return of the Funky Man. Hey, look at Shorty. Praise the Lord was my joint. I like Praise the Lord a lot. That was my joint right there, son. I'm not going to hold you. And isn't he something was fire? Look, dog, this is a fire album, B. This was like in front of. I don't even want to say slept on album in 92 because I don't think it was slept on if he was in the know, he was in the know, right? But. Him coming off Funky Technician 1990 and then transition into this album, I thought he got more love on the second album, as he should. He did. He did. He did. He did. As he should. As he should. As he should. They say Pippin ain't easy. What's so hard about it? And for the fans, I get lots of chance. He's from SMAG, and I'm the fuck up out of here. Yeah. That's for the 90s, money. Yo, I, you should play that nonstop, man. So this is a dope project. Dope project. Yeah, man. One of, like I said, one of the best punchline rappers ever in um, hip-hop history, man. Let's be clear on that, man. All right, Watts, I'm going here, man. I'm going to go to Boogie Down Productions, man. Sex and Violence. Watts, talk to me, man. What are we doing with a book with BDP? KRS, d like Chris Parker, what are we doing? Uh, so let me tell you about this album. This album has one of the greatest Freddie Fox versus you ever gonna hear. Freddie Fox. I'm telling you right now, this verse might be better than this militia verse for people nah, who might not have the militia. Now I'm gonna come on. For people who don't know, 
Freddy Foxes versus a rough rock? Yeah, you can put it against Melissa. This might be this might be uh, Freddy Fox's greatest verse. And this and that's no debating. And my kids' voice clearly no debating. So I, I just want to tell you how I feel. I just wanted to tell you how I feel about Freddie Fox's verse on Ruff. Right. Ruff, listen, as I flex, as I'm about to rip up shop, it's the return of the hip hop Freddie the Fox. Yo, he body bagged this verse. He body bagged me. He said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. Raise yourself to face me, then mop them little niggas." Yo, he bad. Yeah, for Fox's lead single was dubbed down. One hundred thousand percent what a hip hop video and song poster look like. He yep. in front of he in front of graffiti. He just outside and he oh. just just rapping his ass off. People want to say, does KRS have a twenty pack for for rappers? Oh. Yeah. There's songs oh. on here that he could perform. Yeah, this is why I got yeah. mad at LL when he was on that type of bullshit. Like KRS One was beneath him to do a versus. My nigga KRS One got a mean. 20-pack, a me 20-pack. I ain't talking about a lukewarm 20-pack. I'm not talking about, oh, yeah, three and watch the first 10 songs of dope and then 11 through 12 is not. No, nigga, all, you got a fresh mean 20-pack. Me 20-pack. Me. Now, there's a controversial song on here, and it didn't sound controversial because I was only 19 when this album came out. But remember the song? He shot a video for it, 13 and Good. Like, yo, my nigga, I know my nigga, hold on. You know what's funny, though? I'm glad you went there. At that time when I'm listening to 13 and Good, 13 and Good, you're not thinking. They had a video the whole night for this shit, sir. He could not get away with this song right now in 2021. No, no way. way. You can get away with this song. No this way. In this era. And, and, and let me tell you what's crazy. I used to listen to this song. The so-called cancel culture? They'll be knocking on the door. They'll be knocking on the door. Poor Karen, no question door. about it. No question about it. Wow, yeah, but, 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 but here's the thing. Did I cop it on cassette tape? Immediately. So you already know okay. I copped the North Finesse. I copped this, uh, uh, this Boogie Down Production album. Without question, I don't need to hear nothing. I'm the hip-hop head. I'm outside. Outside. Outside with it. You heard? All right, man. Watch. I'm going here, man. Oh, S, you don't take it personal. I'm going with the food snickers, man. Yes, I bought the food. Shout out to Chip Food. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know the light-skinned brother with the perm and everything? Yo, listen, man. Last Move was my joint. One of my favorite songs in 1992 was Last Move. R.I.P. Fife, dog. Coming out the cut of the video, you see Fife walking up the steps and everything. Remember the infamous Last Move dance watch? Yes, he was outside. You know the vibes. You understand? Dog, I'm, listen. Was this a five-mic album? No. Was this even a four-and-a-half-mic album watch? Probably not. I even thought Chip Fu was the nicest nigga in the whole crew. Yes, Jay-Z, before the fast thing, um, I know we talk about Twister, Bone Thugs and Harmony, but I'm going to give Chip Fu his goddamn respect when it comes to rap, the mad fast and everything. Let I'm me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Was Jay-Z out at this time? Yes. When this album came out? He was outside. He was outside. Did, you think, did, you, think, did you think Jay-Z rapped better than Chip Fu at this time? No. You had heard no. both of them. So no. you're saying Hawaiian Sophie J was not better than this Chip Fu no. with the fast no. Okay. No. All right. No. But let me ask you about Chip Fu. I'm not trying to sing a lot Chip Fu compared to other two brothers, though. Why? Shit, he kind of, shit, he took off a little bit more, though, with the way he rapped with the Caribbean slave and he rapped mad fast. 
One of the one of the weird things about nineties, early nineties hip hop is there were like these great rappers who just stopped making music for whatever the reason. Mm. And and we never knew why. Um but let me tell you about this album. And First of all, it, I gotta get two food stick with my joint too. Everybody gonna lie smooth, as we should. But two food snake was my shit too. Okay. Two Foo Snick is a five mic song. That's why you love it. Okay, wait a minute. Two Foo Snick is a five mic song. Last move is a five mic song. It is a song. This is during the. This is during. This is during five. This is during Fife Dog's five mic run as an MC. Ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. Fife Dog was a five mic MC. A mean three year run. A mean three-year run. This album is a personal classic to me, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. During this time, this was the only album I was playing in my Walkman. And let me tell you why this album is one of the most important albums of my life. Because I played this album during the last four months my grandfather was alive, because he died in April 92. But Mm -hmm. during that time, when I would be going back and forth to the hospital, this was the only hip-hop album I was listening to. So I always remember this this album. This album will always mean everything to me. And let me tell you, man, Chip Fu, before you twist her, before you twist her, Chip Fu in 1992 was body bagging Jay-Z as a lyricist with the yeah. fast flow. That's a fact. I know people don't want to hear it. I know people want to be like, maybe I, maybe I missed out on Hawaiian Sophie, but I did it. I told the truth, Fushnik. Tell me how you felt when they brought Shaq out. On that, that was George. Let's be real. Oh, um, not Chris Alina. Not a lot of the morning. That was bad. When Shaq and the Fushnik is out I go back to Arsenio Hall show with that. I remember I remember taping the Arsenio Hall show, watching Shaq and the Foosh niggas on there. So that better that better work for me. And let me tell you another reason why this album. Let me tell you another reason why this album means so much to me. This was the era of cross colors. So there was yep. a time in New York City where we rocked cross colors. They were these mad colorful jeans. They, I had mad cross colors. They was rocking cross colors. So this album just has a lot of symbolic color. Me man. Are you surprised Cross Colors has their nigga come back yet? Like, um, everything else is coming back in fashion. Flat tops, the niggas. You know well, what but here's what happened. Suspenders. Bruno Mars Bruno Mars did a song with Cardi B where they were acting like they were on lip, where they, where they basically recreated Living Color, and they mm-hmm. all were rocking Cross Colors. So I was like, oh, okay, they, they highlighting Cross Colors again. So so that's the most recent <laughs> ring of the Cross Colors album. All right. What do you think? Right, what do you think about song Ring the Alarm? Ring the Alarm, though. They first joined. Well, hold on, Ring the Alarm. They have like a Caribbean flavor to it, though. So you know I'm a sucker. No, they're Jamaican. They're the Jamaican. I think the light skinned brother was Haitian, though. I think he was Haitian, brother. Okay, 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 okay. They all had, you know, they was all from they were American um, household. Their parents was American, part of so. Um, yeah, man. Listen, do the food sneakers get love for the Caribbean flavor, like the the slick rick and the Buster Rhymes and the Karis one?
All right, watch. I'm going to the Bronx again, man. Damn, BX again, man. I'm going Ultramatic MC, fam. Tim Dog, Razel, some of y'all niggas who know about Razel, beatboxing Razel, who, Razel, with all due respect, I'm going to need you to give flowers to the fat boys and let them know Bismarck and those niggas influence you when it came to beatboxing. That's neither here nor there. But I did buy the Ultramatic MC's tape. I bought a couple Ultramatic MC tapes, though. I ain't going to hold you a watch. Um, this funky head up and the 193 to Forrester, man. Uh, talk to me, man. Ultramatic MC's, man. Well, they have one of my 1992 summer anthems on here. Mm. Summer anthem. Mm. I'm Papa Large. Big shot on the East Coast. That was my anthem. Yo, hold on. See, Papa Large is a five mic song to me. Yes. Yes. That video was crazy. That video was crazy. I love Papa Large. Yo. This is this is yet another album. I bought it immediately. Yo, let me tell you something too. Ninety two, three. As we talk, every album we talk about, but the majority of these albums that we're gonna talk about, I bought. I have them on the tape. I remember buying them, and this is when tapes came out on Tuesdays. So that's guess what? I'm thirty five year olds. You know the guys who think y'all know hip hop. Um, hip hop albums used to come out on Tuesdays, and guess what? Under thirty five year olds. You had to leave your house and go outside that's and get it. That's you. You had to go get it. Hip hop did not come to you on your phone. If you wanted it, you had to go get it. And now and you really had to be outside. You, yeah, so, you had to emphasize. You had to emphasize really be outside, bro, brother. Like you really had to be outside. So you had to plan a part of your. You had to plan a part of your day. Like a part of your day, yo, where you gonna eat, where you gonna go, like it was a whole you had to plan your shit out. <laughs> and then you say you had yo, I'm laughing though, but it's the truth though. You basically had to play that shit out though, son. You basically had to play that shit out for real, man. Alright, wise, I'm going here, man. I'm going into a group that dogs. I got to give it up to this group, man. They were really big in 92, man. I'm going to Arrested Development, yeah, man. Arrested Development, three years, five months, and two days in the life. Mr. Wendell? Are we going to act like Mr. Wendell? Like, we did not know about Mr. Wendell. Are we going to do that? Tennessee, Mr. Wendell, we didn't know about all that? I'm just giving Arrested Development they flowers and they respect because this album sold. And Tennessee was one of the biggest songs in 1992. Let me, just you, let me just say this. This is a, this has two Hall of Fame hip hop songs. Tennessee is a Smithsonian song. Yep. Fact, and, then, and then, and then, uh, people every day doing Sly yeah. and the Family Stones yeah. over. That is another five yeah. mic song. These dudes were innovative, they were creative. I mean, mind you, we never just so much hip hop going on that you hear when we talk about this year. But this, if the, this is the one thing you're gonna learn about 1992: how many different styles and forms of hip hop yes. were accepted yes. and were thrived. Yes. These dudes, these dudes, the, the, this album we're talking about was was one of the biggest selling albums of the year. Damn. Damn. Oh. They were harmonizing. Let's be real. They were harmonizing too. Let's be clear. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They were harmonizing before yes, Drake. Yes, yes harmonizing. No, 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 yes. no. Because Funkmaster Flex the harmonizing didn't get popular until Drake. Funkmaster Flex the harmonizing didn't get popular. Archie Booker was Flex. So, so let me just say this. So let me just say this. Let me just say this. Tennessee 
words cannot – I don't know how to put into words how big a song Tennessee was. It was a nonstop radio play song. They played the video nonstop. You could not escape it. It was one of the biggest hey. songs in America. And then they hey. fo- and then they followed it up with everyday people. Yep. I mean, you, you cannot fall on it, man. They had a huge impact on 92 hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's why I want to make sure we get a props, though, because this thing, I bought this album once. I bought this tape. Not only did I buy this album, I first bought the Tennessee single. Y'all could have sent the beat that spot. My, my nigga, come on, man. That's VCR era. Take the video, watch the video back back and front all the time. Like, I love Arrested Development, man. Shout out to Arrested Development also. All right, watch. Let me keep it moving, man. I think I'm seeing in the Bronx again. Bronx, Jesus Christ. I feel like we haven't gone to our borough yet. Back in the Bronx, watch. Shout out to Hurricane Dude right quick, man. She actually got me in touch with his brother a couple of years ago. Watch two years ago. I want to two, three years ago. I want to say um, I interviewed Chi Ali, man. And I got to be real, man. A, week, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I did buy Chi Ali's album on the strength of he had the black sheep connection with Drez and those brothers and everything. Uh, Pastor 40, of course. And, of course, AJ nothing but a number. I'm not saying that for Leah and everything like that. She wasn't the only person that had a number like, like that. But yeah, man, I gotta give Chiali his props, man. Funky Lemonade, Roll Running, like Chiali has some drinks, and I rock Chiali's first date. Watch something. Uh, I agree. Chiali uh, had an impact because of Black Sheep. That's why. I, that's why I was introduced from him. Yeah. And 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 uh, B Dot from Rap Radar, B Dot MTV guy, oh, B Dot who's with Elliot Wilson. Yeah. Remember when you told Prodigy to his face? You were the first kid rapper. I, I can see no, you the first no, rapper. No. That's what that's what B dot said. No. Chiali was a young kid rapper. Damn, came out with a full album. The youngsters, Chiali, what are we talking? What are you talking about, B dot? Shut up. Is illegal? 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 Leave that conversation to me and watch him, man. Chris Carter. Leave that conversation to me and watch him. But B dot, fuck out of here. Look at what, brother. Oh, well, that's a good segue, because we did listen to Chiali, and that's a good segue to get into some more kids. And these kids were big. Crisscross. Mm. Totally crossed out. Yo, hey, ATL? This is one of the biggest songs in hip This is one of the biggest songs in hip-hop history. Jump. Yes, I was playing it. I loved it. Yo, Jermaine Dupri, I'm going to give you your props. We've never done yes. a Jermaine Dupri appreciation. But let me just I say this right now. Jermaine Dupri is an iconic super yes. legend Listen. in hip-hop. No, He's a super legend. Watch. I'm going to cut you off, but you and I did give Jermaine Dupri his props. Only thing we had a problem with him is when the verses shit started. And remember, he was fronting on Trackmasters, and you and I, we didn't like the fact he was trying to front. Like, you know, Trackmasters wasn't really moving and shaking. Yeah, the verses between him and Trackmasters, people, the popularity vote, he would have won. I didn't like the fact he was downplaying Trackmasters. I just want to highlight that. We talked about Jermaine Dupree. We know what it is with J.D. Agreed. So, um, Chris so Cross. We, we want close that Chris Cross. Chris Cross. Let me just say this. Culture, man. Let's be clear, man. Chris Cross. Chris Cross. Dropped like an atomic bomb. This album went quadruple platinum. It made uh, Jermaine Dupri a a a a. I, what do you call Jermaine Dupri? How he was able to take young talent and just and just write a rhymes and just make and make super hits. Like I, that's not easy to do, man. Let's be clear. 
we look at I look at Jermaine Dupri as a hip hop dude, and when I say that, yeah, it's easy to say that. But when you come from breakdancing and everything like that, and I think he had rubber shoulders. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Jermaine Dupri is cut from the same exact cloth as me and you. The same exact cloth. There's no difference. He just happens to be from another another state. That's it. What this album? First of all, we just highlighted earlier. We highlighted, we highlighted Tennessee, one of the biggest songs. Then, then you had, then you got Chris Cross. So just think about hip hop, how different it is. So you got this multi generational group in in um, Arrested Development. They got old men, they got women, they got rappers, they got everybody in it. Then you got Chris Cross. You got teenagers, teenagers from. ATL, once again, man, oh, B-Dot, you looking crazy out Yo, B-Dot, you looking crazy out here because you said the prodigy. You looking yeah. crazy. Come on, man. But, but, but jump, big, big song, big song. Now we're going to Brooklyn. I'm happy to finally go to BK. Dogs, let me be clear on this, man. Yeah, we talked about a lot of albums so far. Watch the last 20 minutes, brother. But family, let me be clear, man. I really love this Dr. Effects first album. Listen, man, we talk about Jump. We can talk about a lot of songs, man. Day One Effects was so huge. Let me explain to y'all niggas again. That's a Smithsonian Hall of Fame song in 1992. These niggas really low-key, not even low-key, high-key, birthed a lot of niggas' flows and styles and the way they rapped and everything. Dog, I love this Dr. Effects album. To the point where if we did an appreciation for this shit, you niggas would not really, we probably wouldn't get mad views. Some of y'all niggas wouldn't probably care. But I can't speak my brother Watts. But I love this, love this album. Lucy's, let me explain how, I'm not even going to their one effects. I'm going straight to Lucy with a special ed center for Lucy. I remember Lucy. Like, I love Lucy. Mike Checker, Dogs. Let's be clear. That's effects first three singles. If we're going off of Day One Effects, if we're going to Mike Checker, um, East Coast, Just a Men, this, this album was fire. Lucy's Dum Dums, East Coast, um, Brooklyn to Neck, Crappy, Straight Up the Sewer. Out the Gate, I'm saying it's a four and a half Mike album. One of my favorite albums in 1992 is Dos Effects' Dead Serious album. Talk to me. I'm going to do you one better. This is not a four and a half mic album based on impact, based on right. what it meant to 92 hip hop. This is right. a five mic debut album based on whatever you consider what five mics is for. Wait. This is what they want to fuck is. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. You just said one of the most illest debut albums. Can we, we always talk about niggas' first albums and anticipation for the second album and everything, right? I don't yes. know if the anticipation going to this album was big, but I do know when, when, when niggas got it, though, it was talked about in the streets heavy, though. That's what I Let do me, Okay, so, so, so this is, this is, so remember we always say, for whatever the reasons when you talk hip-hop, it seems like we skip. After we do the Karras Kane 80s era, then we jump right into 94, right? And right. we go big right. and and not. Right. Skipping 92, y'all going to find out as we keep talking, it's a big, big mistake. Here's one of the mistakes, because there's a couple of more five mic albums that came out this year. This, to me, is a five mic album. First of all, you're going to give EPMD their respect, because nobody wants to give EPMD their respect. These guys came out under them, under Paris right. Smith, and like right. you said, we got this on tape. I don't think people
people understand what it is to pop this tape in. They want effect was already most blown up hip hop song playing playing at the moment. When I tell you these dudes influenced every single MC in the world who was rapping was influenced by them. Every single one of them. Right. The first song, Mike Checker, then it goes to Just Some Men, which is Slick Rick's voice sample. Then yes. they want effect. Then the special Ed Lucy. Like, my man, this album meant everything. I ain't going to do that. I'm not shortchanging. This is Five Mike's one of the one, – a great hip-hop out-the-gate debut. Or, I'm not going to say any better than that, but I thought it was a dope album, man. You know what I mean? Um, also, I want to shout out, I'm not going to stay long on this, Poison Clan out of 305. Once again, I've been living South Florida, so I do know – what guys like Poison Clan, Luke, Chick Daddy, Uncle Al, Slick Rick, and all the other guys, y'all worship. So I want to shout out Poison Clan, JT Money, and those brothers right quick, man. Um, also want to shout out Spice One. Why? Obviously, we are New York brothers, but we do know the importance of the brother Spice One, what he meant to the West Coast. Let's be clear on that. Yes, Ice Cube, NWA, Dudley Funk, Hope Sapien, uh, Roscos, Chino Excel, all, all, these, all these brothers we like. But can we admit that, yo, Spice, when we talk about gangster rap, like Spice One was one of the uh, forefathers of this gangster rap talk for the West Coast? Absolutely. Absolutely. Word. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Beastie Boys. Why? So I got to give the Beastie Boys some love, though, man. You know what I mean? Not saying that I had every Beastie Boys album. Let's be clear on that. I'm not going to like I did. But I do want to give the Beastie Boys their respect. Um, Def Jam Records, of course, man. Uh, talk to me. Watch the Beastie Boys, man. Shut the man. At this point, the Beastie Boys started playing their own instruments, mm. and they became rock stars. They became superhero rock stars. MTV used to play them all the time. Like, 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 I watched, like, we knew about the Beastie Boys from Paul Revere's, uh, from Paul Revere's, but, but, but we watched them literally turn themselves into rock and roll superstars while they were rapping. Eminem has nothing but the utmost highest respect for the Beastie Boys. It's why he loves Rick Rubin so much. Um, so we we have to acknowledge and highlight the Beastie Boys because while it may not have been the kind of hip-hop that I was gravitating to at that right. time, right. I absolutely respected them. I was outside paying attention to them, and I have nothing negative to say about their contribution. At all. And, and you know, it's funny. I'm glad you said that, though, man, because I feel like do do we, as a culture, do we front on the Beastie Boys? Because you highlighted something that I thought was very interesting in the fact that Eminem has the utmost respect for him. And I'm pretty sure he was, yes, he loved OC. I mean, yes, he loved Rakim and G-Rap and these guys and, and, and Biggie and all that. But he was very influenced by the Beastie Boys. Can we say that? A hundred thousand percent. R.I.P. at Rock, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to highlight... You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the Beastie Boys right quick. Wow. For real, for real. Um, Dougie Fresh dropped that album in 92. Watch. Doing what I got to do. Um, I just want to highlight that because we've been listening to Dougie Fresh in 85, man. So I want to highlight that. Yo, in 1992, Dougie Fresh was still out here making music in 1992. Watch. So I just want to salute the legend, Dougie Fresh, man. You know what I mean? No, no, no doubt. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to UGK also, the Southern Way. Dropped in 1992. UGK been there for a long time. And it's to the point now where I res- the more we've done a show together these, these past four years, I see why the Southern Brothers hold UGK 
to a high regard. Because think about this, my nigga. You and I are New York niggas, and we're the same. Put it this way. UGK dropped before Outkast. UGK dropped before Outkast. And let me ask you, you know what's funny? It's, it's so funny you highlight it. I'm not going to piggyback on what you're saying. Does Outkast get more love than UGK when the Southern Brothers, when UGK, UGK obviously been there first, but for some reason, maybe us as New Yorkers or maybe other regions, we salute Outkast for the Southern group, for, for Southern groups that we acknowledge really was Outkast. They was in the Think about this. It was in a well, well, we, well, we, well, we, we definitely acknowledge Ghetto Boys, Fact Two Life Crew, before Outkast, and we, and that, and, and Florida's the South, you know, so we definitely acknowledge them. But um, the comment boys from the South, y'all let us know, man. Does it seem like Outkast gets more? Because when I hear Ti talk, he he reveres on fifty thousand, but he also reveres UGK. So right. Southern Brothers could, could, could give us a better understanding of that dynamic. Um, oh, I just spoke about that's the face, right? Now, I could be talking out my ass right now when I say this, because I got, I got an album about the top that's the face, album 92, but this is me, me being biased, because this guy's one of my favorite rappers, period, of all time, especially in the 90s and everything. Um, we talk about Mob Deep. We talk about Red Man running the '90s and shit. I don't think this brother dropped one bad album in the '90s and everything. Um, Gangstar Daily Operation meant the world to me, my niggas. Let me explain to you niggas again. It meant the world to me. Flip the script, ex girl to the next girl. I'm the man. Take it. <sighs> Premier scratching on take it personal meant the world to me, just the way he scratched on the end, just like he did on Unbelievable or Biggie's album. But, yo, man, this is a strong four-mic album. B-Y-S, much too much, take to a pass. Love Guru, love Daily Operation. This was in heavy rotations for me, man. R.I.P. Guru, watch. Talk to me, man. You know, you know, you know when you ask me sometimes, you say, how do you think uh, Guru felt when – um, the different man gave gave those classic mm-hmm. beats to the group home, right? And you said you, and I said, but if you get every Gangstar album, the production was five mic production. Now right. let me tell you, you just named some fire songs, but you left out a song that speaks to my soul in terms What's of that? production and lyricism, the soliloquy of chaos. Soliloquy. I love. That song, love is an understatement. It's one of my, put it this way. I'll say it this way so you can understand. The Soliloquy of Chaos is one of my all-time favorite gangster songs of all time. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that, three, because I know how much you love Guru. Love so you. I'm like, well, you know, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. First of all, this is the first time I ever heard Jay Woody Damager. I was introduced yep. to Jay Woody Damager on this album. Uh, this is... <laughs> I think we all know. I think we. I think we all know. Take it personal. It's just hip hop personified. You don't get more hip hop than this. I mean, just think about this. DJ Premier produced. He did the beats. He did the scratching. He did the mixing. He was everything. Oh man, like you said, this is. Uh, you said it's four mics. This album is more than four mics to me. I can't. I can't just give this four mics. It. 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 It was the pure hip-hop of this album. This album meant everything to me. And I bought it the first day it came out on that Tuesday. Mm. All right. 
All right, watch. I'm going here, man. Listen, man. I bought this brother's tape, man. A lot of shorties I go around my way used to be in love with this brother. Pause. Let me pause that right quick. Father MC, though, man. I got to give Father MC his respect, too, man. You know what I mean? Big Daddy Kane knock off everyone. I think Big Daddy Kane low-key wanted the success Father MC had when it came back to the chicks, low-key, in my opinion. But I did buy this Coast to You project. Everything, everything's going to be all right. Coast to You, One Night Stand. I bought this album. It wasn't the craziest album in the world, no, but I bought Father's Seat. I just want to get Father's Seat. It's just one of the most, this, this, this is an important album to the history of um, 90s music. Mm. Puff Daddy's a dancer to Father MC during exactly. this time of New Jack Swing. Mary mm. J. Blige is a backup singer to him. Like, that's, that's a fact. Mm. And he's on this album doing background vocals. So that's the importance of this album. He was one of those dudes who was basically trying to be a slimmer version of Heavy D. That's the way I looked at Father MC. Because he's doing the same kind of music. A slimmer version, though. Because he was doing the same kind of music as Heavy D. It's just that he was just... Yo, Father, what's up, though? Father MC, Heavy D, and Positive K could have done an album together. Just those three niggas. No question. With PM Dawn, with a splash of PM Dawn in there. Right. All right, watch. It don't stop, though, man. I'm going to money-earning Mount Vernon, man. Oh, my God. How I spoke about Das Effects, how I spoke about Gangstar, it's going to sound the same way, man. We're talking about Mecca and the Soul Brother, Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth. My Lord Jesus Christ. I can't emphasize five mic on this project. I can't emphasize... Just reminisce over you as a five mic song. When I speak about horns and violins and organs and all this shit like this, man, P Rock, you are a monster. See how smooth you were definitely ahead of your time, my guy. Um, the second single, you go from Reminisce Over You, which is a five mic song, Smithsonian song. Let's be clear on that. Straighten it out. Very fire song. Ghettos of the mind. Yeah, you have to be a real P Rock. You have to really be a Mechanism Soul Brother fan to know. When I speak about ghettos of ghettos of ghettos of the mind, I love ghettos of the mind. Um, so brother number one, P Rock solo joint on there. Um, what's the other joint? The basement, the collab. Now we go to collaboration case. The basement does not get that much. The basement and skins are some of the best collaboration songs on this project, man. I love the basement. I love skins. Um, it's like that was dope. Can't fuck it. This is a dope album. Wake out was fire, man. People can see your smooth watch, man. I'm not learning my Vernon, man. Talk to me, man. So, um, so I'm going to... I'm going to try to use... Break it up a little bit. Break it up a little bit. What CO Smooth did on this album is no. equivalent is equivalent to the greatest rhyming ever. I will put this against Tretch's rhyming on Tretch's first album. I will put this against most Def's rhyming on Black on Both Sides, the lyricism of C.L. Smooth on this album. I will put the lyricism of C.L. Smooth on this album against any hip-hop album ever made. And Did I jump out the window when I say that? No. I won't say jump out the window, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you just named five of my songs. I mean... Straight it out is one of my favorite songs of all time. 
of all time. I think Seal Smooth did not curse. I think Seal Smooth would give you three verses. I think Seal Smooth wrapped on skins, let Grand Poopa rock out. He came back. Seal Smooth wrapped a first verse, a third verse, and a fifth verse. He rapped three times on skins. I mean, we never reviewed this album. So one day we will review this album. Yeah, 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 suffice, yeah. suffice it to say, this is a five mic album, production wise, five mic MC. And and let me say this again, because I want everybody to be clear. I will put the lyricism of CL Smooth against any writing in hip hop history. Any artist you niggas name, I will take the lyricism of CL Smooth off this album and easily compare it. Uh, I also want to shout out Yo-Yo. I mean, this is not – this is a second album. This is not – she's coming off her – you can't play my Yo-Yo and everything like that. I thought her second album wasn't really – didn't live up to stuff like the first album did. But I just want to highlight Yo-Yo, you know, female MC in that era coming out and everything, man. You know what I mean? Um, I want to go to Long Island. Watch. I'm going to Long Island, man. Eric B. and Rock Kim, Don't Sweat the Technique. Oh, my God. God, this was released on my birthday, June 23rd. Let's be clear on that. I remember that to this day, man. Uh, to say that this album meant the world to me is is a joke. We're talking about Rakim, who ushered in 1986, and to still drop a fire album in 1992. Me and Watson always talk about brothers that came in the 80s and transitioned well in the 90s. Yeah, Rob might not have the luck. We still had a dope 90s, in my opinion, because 92, and then, then um, his album, they dropped later on that, you know, four years later after that. But I love Don't Sweat the Technique, man. I thought I had a lot of gems. Listen, does it get played like, does it get played like, let the rhythm hit him, or paid in full, maybe? Probably not. But I feel like this album is a strong for my album to me. A strong for my album to me, one of my favorite songs off this album was Casualty of War. Love, love, love that song. That, that is a song I remember just playing that. I'm just nonstop. Of course, you're playing Know the Ledge, the classic, classic mm-hmm. Juice soundtrack song, mm-hmm. Don't Sweat the Technique. The funny thing, so let me tell you what was funny about Don't Sweat the Technique when that video used to come on. That there was a lot of white women in the video. That, that I remember we was all talking about that because it was like threw us off that about Kim shooting a video and you got all these white women in the video. It was just, that was just mad weird to see, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, this is dope rhyming, dope MCing. Uh, this was a dope. Uh, was this the last? This was the last uh, Eric Main Rock album. Yes, you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Because Rock came went solo after this. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. this was the this was the last Eric yes. This was the last Eric Main Rock came album. Yeah. The last Eric Main Rock came album in 1992. Don't sweat the technique for you history buffs out there. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna say long on this album watch, but I'm gonna give him his love due because I was a both of us were big Yo MTV rap guys, and I wasn't. I can't say I was big on N Two Deep, but I do know Back to the Hotel very much. Shout out to my Latinos out there. I was very in the West Coast. I knew about these brothers, and they had the legit E Forty on the album and everything. Just want to give um, N Two Deep, you know, their respect to knowing that we acknowledge the brothers that was out here. Um, I'm gonna say in the West Coast for a little bit also. Um, MC Ran, man, I was a big MC Ran guy. I actually bought this tape, Kiss My Black Ass. Do I think it was crazy, crazy like that? No, I don't. Um, but I was a big MC Ran guy, and I did cop this, man. So I just want to get MC Ran is just do when it comes to the West Coast brothers, man. Also, DJ Quick also dropped way too funky. Um, another West Coast. Listen, man, 
name too. Some brothers, I gotta let y'all know, is New York and the West Coast really, you know, going back and forth with, with this hip hop shit though, man. You know what I mean? So I just want to shout out DJ Quick also, another uh, West Coast pioneer. Um, and then I go to House of Pain. Watch, yeah, I'm going to House of Pain. They asked me did I buy or House of Pain's first album. You damn right I did. Jump around was huge. When I say huge, huge. And Shamrock and Shenanigans. I actually bought this tape. I'm going to keep it tall. Put on your shit kickers. Everlast was like, I ain't going to front, though. I can't front like I didn't rock out. Everlast. And the Jump Around remix with P-Rock. I love the Jump Around remix with P-Rock, man. Yo, shout out to P-Rock also, man. Um, what was this remix to do with Public Enemy? Why? Back in the day. Um, shut, him down, shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down remix. Then you got Jump Around remix, man. I did, I did lock up House of Pain, man. You want to shout out Everlast Whitey Ford right there, man. So, um, I bought this album, too. I thought this album was dope. Jump Around was a big, big song. I'm the cream of the crop. I rise to the top. I never hit the pig because the pig is a cop. The Benny of the Terminator. Like all the Schwarzenegger. Yo, like, hey, yo, matter of fact, Everlast had, bro, check this out, yo. Everlast had me rapping his verses word for word. In yeah. the 90s. Yes. I'm yeah. rapping a white rapper's versus worth before. Wait, wait. Years before Eminem. Years well, before Eminem. So now listen, the white rappers we had was Third Base and House of Pain. So wait a minute. Let me give y'all let me give y'all a song that spoke to my hip hop soul. It's on this album. The name of the song is Put Your Head Out. I used to play that shit all the time. I put your head out. I put your head out. I put your motherfucking head out. That was like the hardest song of the streets for me during that time. And of course, you said the uh, the the, the P-Rock remix. So yeah, I definitely copped this. And I also want to tell you, I bought that MC Ren shit immediately because we was coming off 100 miles of money. I was I was very I bought I bought that MC Ren with no problem. I wanted to make that very clear. West Coast was getting super love from me. I was copping. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to highlight that. I'm going to back to Long Island, man. Another group, man. We know about the business um, series and everything like this. And this is, listen, it's funny. We talk about Eric and Rakim being at the last album they did together. Um, this is the last album these brothers did together before they went on hiatus and went their own separate ways for a little bit until they came back to back to business. But I got to be honest, man. This is never personal. It's one of my favorite EPMD albums, bro. Listen, man. If you've been listening to this show for the longest, y'all already know when me and Watson go into the collaboration joint, how both of us feel about Headbanger. You niggas will go from bad from TV first. Yeah, of course, scenario. I got all that. But Headbanger was my shit. Crossover was the first single off this album. I love Crossover. Till this day, Crossover is very relevant. And a lot of lyrics these brothers were singing. Who Killed James? It's my favorite Who Killed James series, the James series these brothers have. I love Who Killed James. It's Going Down was fire. Nobody's Boondocks was fire. Yo, this is a four and a half. My album coming at you was dope with Dots Effects. This is a fire project, man. Shout out EPMD right quick, man. Business never personal. Why? Talk to me, man. Uh, strongly agree with you. You know Eric Sermon, to me, is at the same table as Dr. J and DJ Premier. I put him at the same table. I do not put any of them over him. He means mm-hmm. that much to me. Um, mm-hmm. Let me just give you, you just named, every song you named was fire. Uh, they had the this, this song with uh, Dos Effects coming at you. That was fire. That was fire. But let me give you a, a, a song on here that spoke to my soul, production-wise and rapping-wise. Chill. 
The song Chill, Chill, Tintin. Yo, that beat was eerie, spooky, crazy. I used to play that shit and just be like zone out. So, yes, this is a one of my favorite albums of 1992. This album right here. By the way, this is the fourth album in a row by EPMD, by a group. That is powerful, man. Like, one, one day when we talk about that, one day we're going to talk about that, man. That is a powerful one. Well, now, mind you, they, oh, now mind you, they put out Dot Effects. Think about this. In 1992, in 1992, Dot Effects is under them, EPMD. They put out their own album. They put out their own album, and then there's another album coming out that's coming out. So we, we, we'll find out. By the way, by the way, when this album came, when Headbangers came out, the group was basically over. We just didn't know at the time. We didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know the writing was on a wall. Like we knew, like we knew when Dipset, we knew when Rockefeller was was about to be out of here. We knew when G Unit was kind of going through their situation, right? Cash money. We lived all that. No, we, we see all that. We did not know. That Death Squad, you know, was was on whatever. Watch, I want to highlight another project. I don't know. If, I know you knew about it. I don't know if you copped it. I'm pretty sure if I know you did. If I know you, you did. Um, I'm not gonna say Watch is the craziest project in the world, but once again, I was a young TV rap head, and they always show the brand heavy videos on here. I actually bought this project, man, this Experience Volume One, man, with Main Source, Guru, Puba, Master HG, Rap, Black Sheet, Log, and the Far Side. Was it the craziest collaboration project, Watch? No, it wasn't, my brother. But I actually did cop this, man. So I just want to give the brand new heavies um, their respect to. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sell this album short because you okay. said the key word. You bought it. Yeah, you bought, bought it. it. It's I like bought it. I bought it. And you know why? You know why we bought it? Because we was watching MTV and we seen they was having all our favorite MCs on live instruments before the roots, y'all. I know that's fucking y'all up. Yeah, right? you know, before the roots. We were listening to MCs over live instruments before the Roots. I would like to know what the Roots feel about the brand new heavies. I would love to know what they feel about them. Okay, so um, I bought this album, and I've got heavy rotation. You just named, at this time, these were my favorite MCs. So I used to play this and rock out to it, man. They got our money. This worked. I can't talk 1992. I'm talking about this album. I can't because it, it meant something to me. I bought it. I like the MCs on here. So this had to be highlighted. It had to be. Uh, I'm going to highlight another brother, man, that recently passed away. Um, but we spoke about these brothers, man. They meant the world to us, man. The Fat Boys, uh, Prince Marky D, Prince Marky D did drop a solo album. Did I buy it? No, I'm not going to lie to the audience and say I bought this. No. But he did drop an album, and I have to highlight that. Yo. The Fat Boys from 83 and Prince Marky D dropping a solo album by himself, that has to be highlighted. Watch. So I just want to give Prince Marky D um, his respect to brother. You know what I mean? Um, keep moving, watch, to a rapper that you give a lot of love to for the years that I've you and I've been talking hip-hop and everything. Um, I'm going Chubb Rock, my guy. I got to get mine, your album, Book of Rhymes. Just want to give Chubb his respect to watch. Shout out to Chubb Rock right quick. You know what I mean? He has a song on here that uses the same... Beat to Skins. The name of the song is Yabba Dabba Do. Mm. It is the same exact beat to Skins. If you bought this on tape, the tape was like a book. 
So he mm. calls a book of rhymes. So when you mm. buy the tape, you and once you take off the the plastic, it you open it and it reads like a book. So I just want to tell you, you always always talk about the purple tape. Like nah, swear you guys got the purple tape. None of you got it. I got it. Should we got it? You got it. Don't got it. Cause y'all supposed to get tapes. Let, 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 let me say something else. Stop crying like y'all got tapes. Y'all was getting CDs during that time. I know that. Cause everybody used to clown me like, yo, why are you still buying tapes? Everybody used to say that to me because CDs and throughout the whole decade of the '90s, you could buy everything on CD. I was buying them on tape. Let's be clear. That's why I can tell you how all these albums came out because I have them on tape or cassette tape. So yeah, I just need to highlight that. Another brother from Rap A Lot Records, man, I just want to give him his respect, too. Did I buy this album? No, but I have to give his brother respect, man. Just for the simple fact that, yo, he was outside. He was in a very popular group, um, the Ghetto Boys, Bushwick Bill, Little Big Man. just want to give Bushwick Bill um, his props, too. Also, Willie D also dropped another. Listen, Bushwick Bill and Willie D from Ghetto Boys dropped an album um, that year. Um Public Enemy also dropped an album. It wasn't really an album. It was the greatest misses, I guess. It was more of a compilation type of um, tape and stuff like that. I want to give me their props also. Uh, shout out to the Lynch Mob also, Ice Cube's group in the West Coast, the Lynch Mob. I did rock with Listen, Q, I ain't going to lie. You know, like I always talk about brothers who have who are dope rappers and they want to put their mans in them on. I was never a big supporter of the Lynch Mob, Q. Like, I rock with you, Q. With your mans in them? Nah, I like Jeezy. I rock with you, but I didn't rock with Slick Puller and Blood Roar, the Blood Roar, Blood Roar and all that. I didn't rock with them niggas, man. Um, I'm going to Jersey, though. Why? I'm going to a brother that you had as your number one rapper in the '90s. You had this brother as your number one rapper in the '90s. His debut album. What's the album? Um, when we talk about brothers that have back to back to back classic albums, we are talking about Reggie Noble. Time for some action. The first thing, time for some action till this day means the world to me. Blow your mind. For some reason, doesn't. It was one of his first singles, and for some reason, niggas out like that song didn't touch their soul. You want to talk about Redman, who's going to be in a versus coming up soon. And Watson told me some shit about some of you buffoon niggas out talking about the verse is not going to be good because of Redman. Shut your goddamn fucking mouth. You sound retarded. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, number one. All right? Rated R was fire. Psycho Doug was, was I love hardcore. Um, Holler Roller Blunt was always a funny song to me. Um, I'm a stretch to Holler Roller Blunt. Superman, a day of Superman, love is fire, man. I love Reggie Noble. Oh, we gonna get wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Are we gonna, are we gonna talk about Redman telling stories? Storytelling. Oh, Redman storytelling is dope. Redman storytelling is dope. He don't get enough props like the Nas, the Ghost Faces, and the Slick Rick and the Biggies when it comes to storytelling. Redman so story the funny thing about this, the so the funny thing about this album is this is once again in the era before Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas and right. Wu ever dropped. Right. Like, before they dropped, this album was out. Everything you said was 100% accurate. This is, to me, a classic album. The anticipation for this album, for me, was as big as the anticipation for any hip-hop album I've ever in my life. You hear me? The anticipation yep. for me buying this album was as great as me when I wanted to buy Illmatic, when I wanted to buy Give It To Die Trying, when I wanted to get Life After Death. Like, the, the, how badly I wanted. I was a crackhead fiending to get Redman's album based on what he did on the business 
uh, as usual album. He put the hardcore verse on here. He was also on a song called Brothers on My Jock. Okay. Then he did the verse. Then he did, then he had the five mic verse on Headbangers. We talked about that on the EPMD album. And I'm telling you, the anticipation of this album was everything. Eric Sermon on the production once again. Right. There's a song called Tonight's the Night. Redman will perform that with Red with with some. Uh, when I guarantee people right now. If Redman does not do tonight's tonight, that's the biggest letdown of any artist that's been on the verses. Let me say this again for these four niggas. If Redman does not do tonight's tonight in the verses, it's the biggest letdown from RZA not doing a couple of songs we should have done and Premier and a bunch of other niggas who did not do the biggest It wouldn't be equivalent to Raekwon not doing incarcerated Scarfaces. Because yeah, as soon as he did that, you knew there was nothing you could do about it once he didn't call for his Scarfaces. So, yeah. So, Redman, just another classic album of 1992. Another year that gets Eurostep because, you know, the 35-year-old dudes, just, they just wasn't old enough to know what hip-hop was, what was going on in hip-hop during that era. The 35-year-old dude. I, I want to go to another classic album after what the album. Go to the boogie. Yo, dog, the Bronx is holding down New York, though. Now, that's what I'm learning. Watch the Bronx in Long Island. I don't know. They were holding NY down. Kind of lovely in 92, my G. Listen, man. We had the 1997. We spoke about this brother, man, in 97. Just the name of this album alone, now that I look at it now in 2020, what a dope album to name this shit called Stunts, Blunts, and Hip-Hop. Like, you don't get no Stunts, Blunts, and Hip-Hop. I really love that album title. Diamond D, T-I-T-C, Bronx you see how we spoke about Law Finesse earlier, man. I put him right there with Law Finesse, just in the sense sense of rapping. Um, you could say him and Law Finesse had probably the biggest albums out of the Bronx that year. But I, to say that I love this album is a fucking understatement, man. Best kept secret. Step to me. A day in a life. I mean, what you what you seek was past that shit. The song still bust the hip hop. Feel the vibe? Yo, production on here is fire. This man is doing his own production also. Let me give Diamond these fucking flowers just on the production tip. He don't get a lot of props for that, man. Q-Tip has some um, shit on here. Big L was on here. Brand Nubians, man. Kept their Bronx looking lovely out here, man. Shout out to Diamond D, man. Love Diamond D. Watch. Talk to me, man. So let me tell you what's so great about this. Everything you said is 100% right. I mean, this is, first of all, a New York City album, Last Call in the Two Train. Yeah, Can you get more New York than that? Can you? <laughs> Can you get more New York than that? Um, no. I want to highlight a song you mentioned, but I want to explain to people where I rank it in the overall scheme of things. You named the collaboration song. It's a five-mic super collaboration song. The name of the song is A Day in the Life with Lord Jamal and Sadat X. That song is super amazing. This is no fast-forward material. I used to always marvel, like, yo, this album is just a straight playthrough, everything. This is another one of my personal classic albums. When this album came out, Redman and this album was just on repeat. These were the two, those were the two albums I was just playing all the time. Mm, what a shot, though. But why is it like I'm standing in the Bronx again, my nigga? Yo, the Bronx, watch the Bronx again, my nigga. To a brother that you showed a lot of love to early in the show and everything, but we got to give showbiz his name first. But we give Andre the Giant, showbiz and AG, runaway slaves. To say me and Watson cop this is a fucking understatement, man. 
This was a phenomenal. And let me say, man, I was a big AG fan too, son. Me and my cousins argue about Drez from Black Sheep and AG. I was an AG guy. He was a Drez guy. I'm not saying I didn't rock with Drez from Black Sheep because I love Black Sheep, of course. But I thought AG, when we talk about another DITC member, of course, but when we talk about dudes that can rap, voice box, flow, delivery, and bars, I thought AG does not get enough props when it comes to just rapping. I thought it was a phenomenal album, Runaway Slave, 40 acres in my props. This is a a solid four-mic album, a strong four-mic album. Shout out to Showbiz also, man. But I want to give A.G. his props as a rapper. Aren't you the giant, man? You know what I mean? Talk to me what? Strong four-mic album, and let me learn you niggas something. You know, when we be talking to y'all about Big L, y'all act like we, we, we just making shit up. There was Big L was circulating on the New York underground scene heavy. Big L was on this album, the Diamond D album. They let Big L talk on that album, like they were, it was like they were previewing Big L. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mind you, now there is no Biggie, Jay Z, Nas. They, they they have no albums out, man. So remember, these are just unsigned MCs at the time. And Big L, I used to let me tell you something. And during this era. I used to free. I used to make a verse from my again because people just think out for them. Slept on strong four mics. See, it's weird when I be like these strong four mics. These were the albums that were just constantly in rotation. Like this is all I was playing during this time. And it's another just strong four mic. Dropped it on Tuesday. The day it came out, I faithfully always had money to get my tapes. Always. As a caveat, you got to throw that caveat in there that you always had to pay for the buy your tapes. Don't get it twisted. Watch, I'm going to the Midwest, man. I'm going to Chi-Town, man, before Lupe Fiasco, before Kanye West, before the drill movement, before Chief Keef, before King Von, Little Dirt, Kusha Conflict, and these brothers I here, man. There is a hip-hop appreciation on this show by this brother for 55 minutes, y'all. We also did one of his albums, The Resurrection of His Brother, when he linked up with Kanye West in 2005. Well, before you niggas heard um, I Used to Love Her and think that was his first very big song that he had in hip-hop, no, me and Watson here to tell y'all niggas different, man. Can I Borrow Dollars is his first album. Yes, Resurrection gets the most love, as it should, as it should. Do I think Resurrection is a better album than this? Yes, I do. But did I buy Can I Borrow Dollars? Of course, Booming in your booming in your booming in your Jeep? You take a red man, a Q-tip voice, and you loop that shit up? And you get, shout out to No ID also as a producer. The No ID that you niggas know that they're four for four for hold? This brother was holding down common. This is common sense that me and Watson talk about. Not before common. This is common. Before weirdo common, rocking the purple shirt, orange pants, and getting pussy baptized by Erica Badu. No, nigga, this is a five. Breaker one nine. Justin Nick around with my puppy soul soul by the pound. Yo, strong for my album for me, man. Shout out to Common, man. So let me tell you. Let me tell you. So, so let me tell you what why me and you fucked with this album so heavy. This dude was rhyming unlike any MC we ever heard. Yep. I never heard an MC rap the way he rapped, and you could tell he was dead nice. 
I bought this single for Breaker Breaker One Nine. I bought this album. Yeah. Like I was a hundred percent. Truthfully, I wanted to vom like common sense. You know what's listening to common sense? Hove. Hove was. Hove. Yeah, I know y'all don't. I know y'all don't like to talk about Hove, the actual fan of hip hop, because before he was I a billionaire, do, he actually was in the streets. He was in the streets, and he was a fan of hip hop. This is the common That's sense he's talking about. Y'all do realize that, right? This is the common sense he's talking about. Remember, Hove wanted to get on. He wanted to make this a rapper. Common was on. Common had made it. He had an album out. He was getting video play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a strong for Mike album. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to go to a brother right here, man, who was in a group. And, you know, you could say he was the standout person in the group, and then he decided to go solo. Um, He was one of the first rappers I heard talk about Tommy Hilfiger. Shout out to Meth and all that, too. But he's one of the first brothers that really put Hill figure to me on the map. Just on voice, bars, cadence, flow on beats. Um, me and Watson are talking about this brother. Anytime we've spoken about this brother's name, it's always been in high praises. I would like to know what Biggie, Nas, Hove, you two. Eminem, Eminem. Eminem, what y'all thought about this particular brother. I thought... This nigga was supposed to be put like this was. I thought he could be big as be as big as Nas, big as he was big as Nas to me, big as CL Smooth, big as a lot of these dudes. I can't say it was just I thought he was gonna be bigger than those guys or be sitting at the table with his guru. I had him at the table with guru. Grand Poobah. Let me explain for me to say that I ran to the store to cop real or real. Like I had to have this project. This is a brother that's spitting five mic verses on Brand New Day. Shout out to Lord Jamal. The, you know, the Lord Jamal, the guys you see um, that's doing fucking face-offs to RBE right now. The Lord Jamal, that's with Rod Digger. We didn't watch him but listen to this man for how many years, right? So over, man, 30. Over, over 30. Over 30. Over 30. Let's be clear on that, King, right? This album, I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. This is one of my personal favorites in 1992. Um. I broke this tape a couple times and went back and bought it. That's, that's how it really was, that I broke the tape and I had to go back and cop that shit. I was mad if I was in my room and I couldn't find this tape because it was stuck behind some clothes and laundry type shit. This is a very dope, check the resume, watch, 360, what goes around, what's one of the biggest songs in 1992. You know how, real or real, Soul Controller, yo, I love this project, man. I'm going strong for it. I'm going strong for tipping four and a half. This is a very phenomenal album. Grand Poobah was, in my opinion, for me personally, one of my favorite rappers in 1992. So I'm going to give Grand Poobah props. So this is what people need to understand. The way you said you was fiend out like a crackhead to get this album, the way I yeah. said that about the Red Man, yeah. that's exactly... I'll, I'll tell you this. The way, I want, the way I felt when I wanted to get Illmatic... When I wanted to get Biggie, when I wanted to get rich, to get rich, that's right. That's how fiend out I was to get Grand Poobah's first solo album. First of all, he's coming off, he's coming off of being the MVP of a five mic brand new bean album yeah. that was in rotation for a full calendar year. For a full calendar year, it came out and ran the entire 1991. Okay. They would put out videos for it in September of 91. That's how long that video, uh, the first brand new bit. Uh, 
What comes around goes around you, bro. Hang your bag, your finger on the top, knob, sack on the back, pistol, come on, flavor, ah. Okay, that was the song of the day. When that song came out, it shut the city down. That was the number one song in New York City, period. I, I can't talk about other regions, but in New York City, that was hands down the number one Look, song. Let's, let's be clear. A lot of niggas would probably say Reminisce Over You is probably one of the biggest songs in 92, right? I, mean, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I got I got uh, 360 degrees, what goes around, right? Sitting, sitting at the table with P-Rock and C.L. Smooth, the Reminisce. So at the table in 19, at the table. In 1992, for me, one of the things I did not realize oh, is that Grand Poopo was basically the producer of this album. I never realized that. Should we gotta give props on that. that. He definitely Probably. never, Probably. never, he never talked about the fact that he was a producer. Like we knew Diamond D produced. Like why did we know Diamond D produced his whole album? But we, I realized Grand Poopo produced the majority of the album. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'll be lying to you. I told you I know Grand Poopo. I did not know that. But the anticipation for this album was through the roof, and yes, he brought Mary out, and I respected it. Love Poop, man. I thought Poop was fucking phenomenal, son. Um, I'm going to go to another brother, man. We spoke about Father MC, the heavy D's of the world, but this brother was at a big phenomenal song. In 1992, a commercial success alone. This song was huge. Dude, I, I bought Positive Case album. Let's be clear. I got a man. Was huge. That video was huge to the point I got sick of it. It was so huge that I got sick of it. That's how bad it was. Um, Carpenters was one of my favorite songs on this part. I love Carpenters though. That was my joint. Oh, a flower goes to Brooklyn. I love that. Your positive case had a couple of joints on it that I rocked with, though. I'm not gonna hold y'all, man. I do want to give positive case props. Why? I know you probably bought this album more, so shout out to positive K, man. So, for people who follow me on Twitter, a couple of weeks ago, I took a picture of my cassette tape of this album and said, "You had to be outside to have this." And it got a lot of likes. A lot of people liked seeing that that I had this album. Uh, listen, one of the biggest songs was I Got a Man. By the way, a song that he did the voice of the woman. So that's, that's really creative, yeah. Ronnie. You know, even though you see women in the video rocking it, that was mm-hmm. actually changing his voice to rap it. It's one of the, it's, I'm going to see that. Will you give me that? I Got a Man? Yes, I'll give you that. Okay. Um, so I have it. I actually bought it. So that's a dope song. But I want to say uh, we Eurostepped uh, an album that I bought, and it meant something to me. What was that? Roxanne Champagne was beefing with all the females in hip-hop at this time. <laughs> and she came out with an album called The Bitches Back. I bought that shit, and I loved it. You know, I'm one of them dudes who always fuck with female MCs. Always. Always. And I, and I wonder what that like, that I bought Roxanne Shanti's album, The Pictures Back, where she got her leg up and she got the gun in, uh, on, uh, under her thing. Yeah, I bought that and loved it. So I, I just, I'm um, going to the West Coast, man. Listen, if y'all been listening to this show, we have done appreciation for this brother. Um, this is one of my favorite rappers in the 90s. If you want to go coast by coastal talk for you coastal niggas, I'd like to be in that box only. Um, he's one of my favorite West Coast rappers of all time. I really love this brother a lot. Um, I bought this album. Um, obviously, you go to his catalog, a death certificate, um, 
what's the other, um, America's Most Wanted, was this album to sit at the table with those two classics? Probably not, but I still want the Predator regardless. It had Check Yourself with Das Effects on this project. Let's be clear, Das Effects was on this project. It Was a Good Day was a huge song. Everyone knows it was a good day by his cube. Um, his first song, Wicked, and I get Wicked, I, I love Wicked. That was my shit, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I love Wicked. This was a three-and-a-half mic album. I'm going to keep it tall. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, man, I got to highlight Cube. And this, this is what Cube's third solo album, my nigga, third solo album in the 90s. You know what I mean? Let's be clear on that, man. Uh, I'm going to Queens. I'm going to Killer Queens, man. Q-U-2-E-N-S. This was a big album. This brother recently, just a couple of years ago, was doing a project with 38 Special. Now, this, this, let y'all know, in 1992, this brother drops an album. In 2018, drops an album with 38 Special. Ask Eminem about this brother. Ask Nas about this brother. Ask Hove about this brother. G-Rap in his motherfucking prom, and I don't be prom time. Dogs, Hill Street Blues is one of my films. That beat alone, see, that's why I say nostalgic purposes, Smithsonian talk. Like, when I hear, it's certain songs when I hear now to this day, it still touches that core. It still touches, when, you know, O.C. say minerals and vitamins, the minerals and vitamins of Hill Street Blues. Straight Jacket was fired. Living on the run? On the fucking run. Letters, go for your guns. Four and a half. My, my man used to have this album on re-fucking-peep. Cool G Rap and DJ Polo, man. Living let, live let Die, man. Talk to me, watch, man. Came on AQ, Bush with Bills. Oh, man, come on, man. I'm playing. Why did why did Jay Z say hearing me rhyme is like G Rap in his prime? What did he mean by that three? Because when he heard he's kind of Joe was outside first of all. Let's be clear. And as whole of his transition into trying to get to hip hop from the drug game to, to the booth, these are the motherfuckers he was playing. Him and Jazzo when they were trying to make joints in Hawaiian Sophie, These are the niggas they were listening to. Kane, G Rap, like 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 what I said. Some of y'all niggas don't want to talk about whole. In his hip hop bag, Hope is a hip hop nigga, man. Let's be clear. That's why I say y'all be saying Hope take Biggie lyrics. No, Hope love Big. Hope love Nas. Hope didn't really want to beef with them niggas. He didn't want to beef with Nas. He love Nas. If you love Nas, you love G Rap. What about G Rap? What are we What are we saying about G Rap's storytelling ability on songs like On the Run or the Train uh, Robbers? Are those storytelling? It's Train Robbery and On the Run storytelling songs. Five mics songs, dude. Five mics, man. So we talk talk storytelling. I mean, he got, got, fuck you, man. He says, so come on, you bitches, don't make me laugh. You couldn't devote you if you was a motherfucking giraffe. Come on, man. So so let me tell you something about Coogee Rap. Coogee Rap is is an anomaly in hip-hop. Yeah, the most respected hip hop artist in history, who does not have a hit, a a what would you call a hit record? Like he has street hits, he has hood hits, like Road to the Riches and Ill Street yes. Blues, you know, yes. stuff like that. But he has no, he has no mainstream commercial crossover hit. 
and he has no mainstream commercial like platinum album. A race? I'm surprised a race is a race. Racism didn't really touch the people like it should. It touched, it touched us. It touched us. It touched us. But 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 here's the thing. People don't like to hear this because they, they, they like to say their favorite rappers were the only kind of rappers that did this. It's a good for Most of us have positive songs that address inequality, police talent. A lot of us were doing that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to give this album a lot of credit, man. It's a, it's a, it's a classic. I'm going to the West Coast, Watts, going back to Cali, man, going back to Cali, Cali. Um, a very popular song in 1992, man, Hall of Fame song in 1992. Let's be, this is your own TV raps. I, I keep going back to the old TV raps. Ed Lover, Dr. Dre, T-Money and all that. I keep going back to that, man. Thursday night, Thursday afternoon, Ed Lover dance and all that shit. Dogs, the far side, she keep on passing me by? That was a fucking huge and I mean a huge song, huge, like 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 top five huge, like very popular song, like everyone knew that song. Wherever you lived at, whether it's New York, Cali, Atlanta, everyone knew. If you was outside of 1992, you knew about the Far Side song. Did I like this album like that crazy? No, I bought it. Why? I didn't like it too much, but I love she just passed me by, man. So I'm just giving it a Far Side. They respect. They deserve, brother. I'm also going to shout out another artist who passed away. He dropped an album called Blue Funk. That's We're talking D. about Heavy D. Now, right. let me just say this. I bought every Heavy D album that's ever come out. Um, Heavy D made great, great hip-hop. Not only not, – first of all, this is a highly, highly slept-on Heavy D album. I think it is high. That's his best album. I like the songs, and let me tell you another nugget that's on here. This is the first time Biggie's ever been on the album. He's on the last song. Who's on the microphone? I want you to know this. Biggie is on here, and the voice Biggie's using. A bunch of niggas does not. You just can't gloss over that, my nigga. I'm not glossing over it. I'm talking about it right now. I'm talking about it right now. Does not get enough props, I think, as a collaboration joint. It doesn't. Fire. It does not get enough props for the collaboration. But I'm telling you right now, the Blue Funk album is a strong, strong Fortnite like album. A strong Fortnite like album. Best heavy album. Okay? My favorite heavy album. And, 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 it, and it gets, it, it, for whatever the reason, because Eurostep, I'm telling you, I did not Eurostep this. This got crazy input. I played just a lot. You know, I don't know what it's going to Eurostep, man, because, like, he's little. Hey, Google was on his album also, right? He was on the song. He was on the song. Yeah. He was on the song. Yeah. I love Heavy D. I love his favorite Heavy D album, man. Um, I'm going back to the West Coast, man. And as a New York nigga, we understood the ramifications. We understood that the West Coast had something to say. And they dropped an album that at one time me and Watson have got to touch this album into. I see a lot. Of, if there's one album that I've seen people have asked throughout the years for us to break down, and, and we're going to get to it one day, obviously, man. Um, Snoop, obviously, man, he did a couple of songs off this album on the verses against DMX. 
This is, to say the least, one of the most popular albums in 1992, one of the most influential albums in hip-hop history. Um, Birth, really, West Coast. Listen, I know NWH, you niggas love Strata Compton. I do not have Straight Outta Compton over this album, so I just don't. I don't know if that's the most popular thing to say. Why am I supposed to say NWA Strata Compton is better than The Chronic? I can't do that, sir. I'm not going to do that. This is a five-mic album. The way me and Watson, I can, I can imagine when we get into this album, the way we spoke about Doggy Style, if you niggas never heard us talk about Doggy Style album, please go check that out. But the production on Dr. Dre, the mind, he was on some RZA shit. He was basically on a RZA run on this album in one year. How the RZA, from, from, like the production on this album, the collaborations on this album, um, Let Me Ride, for Dre Day, Nothing but a G thing. That's one of the biggest songs. That's, it's not the biggest song. It's not the biggest song in 1992. Little Ghetto Boy, Snoop Solo, Detroit. I know my favorite Snoop songs on fucking The Chronic. Not even Doggy Style. Little Ghetto Boy, Rap That Tat Tat, High Powered, Stranded on Death Row, Bitches Ain't Shit, but... I once had a bitch named Maddie. They used to slip on the dick like every day. I was like, yo, Snoop was coasting on here. This is a fine mic album, man, watch. Let me ride. Love Dr. J, the Chronic album, man. Love this album. If we were to say we've covered a lot of five mic albums and we need to separate the five mic albums, this is one of the albums that I will put over the five mic category. Not only is it the most, one of the most important hip-hop albums ever made, uh, it has five mic skits to go along with its five mic verses. Not only did it introduce us to the Lady of Rage, the Snoop, the Dog Pound, it's just one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. Yes. Um, I know people do not understand how important the 90s are. If someone wanted to argue that this is the greatest hip-hop album of the 90s, I couldn't, I can't argue I with can't you. Argue that. And yeah, the I reason why I couldn't that. argue with you is because there's not one whack song or fast-forward yeah. song on this album. Every single song is classic. Every single song is amazing. At my time in my life, in 1993, because this album came out in December, so it came out low-key. It came out mad low, because it came out at the end of the year. Mm. But going into 93, and for the rest of still 93, got still got this album, it's not still got burned. It just came out. It literally just came out in December. So by January, people still were just getting hip to it. While yep. they're getting hip to it, ain't nothing but a G thing becomes the biggest song ever. <laughs> this song, this album was so powerful. It stayed in rotation nonstop. So Snoop Dogg's album came out. It's why Snoop Dogg has arguably the most anticipated album in hip-hop history because of this album. Because the album never left. So I'm saying right now, if we were to ever say, okay, we got a bunch of five-mic albums, but we need to put a six-mic album to create our own new mic, this is one of them. This is one of them that goes into it's above a five-mic album. Yeah, man. Chronic Chronic was big, son. Big V, I'm not gonna lie to you. Man. This is a fucking phenomenal. What a what a what a way to close out the fourth quarter, huh? 
to drop the chronic, go with it to fucking 93. Think about that. To go with a 93 with the chronic. That's just like, my Lord, man. All these albums we spoke about, man. Just want to salute all the albums we just, we just spoke about, man. That's what it is, man. On 1992, man. Hip hop appreciation. Y'all know the vibes. Already, man. Watch. Take this home, my G. Hip hop. The home of the Yukon Woman Huskies oh, and Paige Beckers and Christine Williams. We, if anybody's going to give women's college basketball a props, I am. Y'all act like I'm going to stop giving Yukon West Coast props. Isn't that kind of isn't that kind of cloud chasing though? Rooting for the um, UConn women though. It seems like it, it seems like it's the easiest thing to do because they literally get all five star recruits like, and they always have the, the best Biggie player in the country. Yeah, it's literally you know, it's literally like Biggie JC Nas on the same album every year. Basically, yeah, that's like, what a UConn team is. But but I follow it, brother. I'll follow it. And if you want to get – if you want to know who Paige Beckers is, if you want to know who Christine Williams is, if you want to know who Evina Westbrook is, yeah, man, I, I watch this. I does this. This nigga's watching more. This nigga does more name dropping in games. This is crazy. Like, this nigga just needs some chicks. I, I know. I'm so sorry, man. I'm looking at Victor Oladipo right now going to Miami as you speak. And he talks about Victor Oladipo now in Miami with Jimmy Buckets. Tyler Hero on the crew and and Bam and those guys. I'm in the air. I don't hear Miami's corny raps. Miami's corny raps. he's corny raps. And what do we think about Philly playing good without Joel Embiid? They still holding on the fort. Uh, Doc Rivers is doing a phenomenal job coaching. Doc Rivers yes. is doing a phenomenal job. The only thing I the only thing I care about is when Durant comes back, will he be healthy? I want to make sure when Durant comes back, he's healthy enough that he can finish out the rest of the season healthy, and then be healthy in the playoffs. That's all I care about, and I hope. And I'm waiting now. I want to ask you, what exactly does Giannis Antetokounmpo have to do? to be on your radar for MVP. What what is he not doing? Is his team not winning or is he not putting up stats? You need to tell people why is he getting no MVP talk. I think he's he gets he, he MVP talk every year. I just don't think it's going to be in the top three talk he's going to be on there. I think, listen, I was very big on when Drew Holiday got on that squad. I thought that was a big acquisition, and I don't really see nothing from it. It didn't really pan out to me. I like Rondo. I like Rondo going to the Clippers. Watch. I like that. I really like that. He left Atlanta and went to the. I like that. Oh, uh, I hate it. that deal. Getting rid of Sweet Lou. An offensive Atlanta. Wow. An hey, offensive genius. Shipping him. Atlanta, shipping right? him. Shipping him. Shipping him. Shipping him to Koch Records. Shipping him to the graveyard. Shipping him to Cox Records is so oh, insulting. You like it's that shit? It's so insulting. You're on a team. That. You're on a team that is potentially going to play the Lakers to get to the finals, and you ship them away. Hey guys, this is where the NBA is a business. Never get mad at a player who knows his worth and either wants to get traded, demands a trade, pulls what James Harden did. Everybody wants to get on James Harden with it. Look what they did to Sweet Lou. Just look at that. Sweet Lou's on a winning team. He thinks he's going to be coming off the bench contending for a playoff and all of a sudden you're shipped off to Atlanta. 
You should, so 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 play so teams teams can just ship players off and do whatever they want with them. But when a player holds leverage, and then the world ends. MVP James Harden, I, who is man. better than Clay Thompson. MVP James Harden, who's better than Clay Thompson. Shut up, nigga. I like Aaron Gordon going to um, Denver. I like that pickup too. I, I uh, Aaron Gordon, you going to like Denver? That. You going to Denver has enshrined you as a role player as long as you're on that team. You will now be with Mark, Mark Aguirre and Agent Dantley. Oh, when, when they went, <laughs> they went to the Detroit Pistons and became third options. Isn't that what they became? No, when you go you to a team wild. like that, wild. my man, you are forever a third option. That's what you wanted. You guys, y'all get so mad when y'all got to carry the team and, 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 and it's your team. Oh, then y'all get mad because y'all can't win and elevate. So then y'all say, I want to get max money, but then I want to be the third option where I get none of the weight of the team. So fine. So then you have an Aaron Gordon. Then you have an Aaron Gordon. You got like my man, the Greek Greek, who said, I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to stay, be a man. The team went through me like the Greek Greek did. You'll never be that Aaron Gordon. I don't think he should have stayed in Milwaukee. I think Greek Freak should go to Miami. Yeah. The, why should the Greek Freak go to Miami when his team has a better record than the Heat? They had a better record no. than the Heat last year. They have a better dogs, record than the Heat this year. Dogs, dogs. You put, you put Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Giannis on the same team, my nigga. Are you the team he's now is better than the Heat. Um, number one, Jimmy Butler was hurt for a majority of the year, so Miami started off wild slow. I hate fucking looking like I'm being Miami's lawyers and I'm a Knicks fan. I can care less about Miami. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> All right? So I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan. Let's be clear on that. You heard? But I'm just saying it would have been a good look. I think Giannis went to Miami with Jimmy Buckets and Bam. Y'all wasn't beating them, you know that, right? I don't think Brooklyn would have beat them. Or it would have, have been tough. It would have been tough. It would have been tough with Giannis, Jimmy, and Bam. Because you don't know what you're going to get out of KD. I still think KD, if Brooklyn is looking at it like, oh, we don't want to have, we don't want what happened in Golden State because KD fell, he had to rush himself back. Also, even though it's kind of different, though, I felt the urgency for KD, maybe they rushed him a little bit without telling him we need him to come back. But Brooklyn don't need him right now, though, man. They don't need him right now, man. They don't need him. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it is, man. PSAFR, man. It's your boy. Y'all know the vibes already, man. It's your boy, 3 and Watts. What?